Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I can still remember one thing in particular about the very first time I met my wife's parents. See, we had just been dating for a little while, and we decided it was time for us to drive down to San Diego County where her parents lived and for me to meet them. And I can remember sitting there in her family's kitchen, only been there just a little while, when all of a sudden from down the hall I heard her father's voice boom out, Wade! Like any guy in that situation, my heart skipped just a few beats, and I turned around. But it was to my great comfort and joy that I saw her brother running up the stairs. Her brother, whose first name just so happens to be Wade. It is important to know when we are being called and when we are being called by name. And as much as is different about us, unique about us, as much divides us, there is one thing that we all do have in common, that there was a moment in our lives. A moment in our lives, maybe in our mother's wombs or just after we were born, where we were given a name. And sometimes those names are family names. Sometimes those names come from the Bible. Sometimes those names are just what our parents could agree upon. And some of us go by nicknames, and some of us have maybe even changed our last names when we got married, but we've all been given a name. Our reading from the prophet Isaiah takes place at a kind of unique point in his prophecy. See, our Old Testament reading begins with the words, but now. And anytime you see something like but now or and so, it's a good idea to go back and see what had just been discussed. And in Isaiah 42, at the end of Isaiah 42, we see God's people, the children of Israel, getting called out by name. See, God had warned them, and yet they'd been blind, deaf, heartless to his ways. God had warned his people against idolatry, even sent them prophets to proclaim his word, and they arrested them, even killed some. And Isaiah 42 ends with Isaiah asking the question, who, are you, who of you are actually going to pay attention? Who of you are going to listen for what's going to come? Who do you think it's going to be that will give Jacob to the looter, Israel to the plunderer? For it is against the Lord we have sinned. It is against his ways we have walked. It is against his law that we refused to obey. And Isaiah 42 ends, and we get the words of our Old Testament reading, But now. But now, says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. The people of Israel had all sorts of things going on. They were besieged, beset, even walloped by foreign nations. They had witnessed spiritual decay even amongst their leaders. And yet, God says, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. As we've mentioned a few times, today is a celebration in the church here. Today we celebrate the baptism of our Lord. That to fulfill all righteousness, Jesus Christ went down to the Jordan River, went to John the Baptist, and was baptized. And as he came up out of the water, 
a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Yet it is impossible to disconnect from the celebration of our Lord's baptism, the celebration of that day when we were baptized. The celebration of that day when we were not only called, but redeemed by name. A day that has a tremendous impact on us. A day that is quite important in our daily and in our earthly lives. Though it was water from an ordinary tap, and I can promise you there's nothing special about the sink in the sacristy, and though it was sitting in an ordinary bowl, perhaps, inside of an ordinary font made of wood and stone, that day was incredibly important because it was not just water you were baptized with, but water combined with God's word. Water combined with God's word for the forgiveness of sins, to bring the Holy Spirit, to bring faith into your life, to rescue you from sin, death, and the devil, and even give you eternal life. Our baptisms are not about just doing a tradition so mom and dad can get some nice photos of us when we were young in a white outfit. And our baptism is not about the method by which we were baptized, whether it be in a river or in a, in a font. And our baptisms are certainly not about the pastor the servant of God through whose hands God works. Our baptism is about receiving the life that God intended for us to have. Our baptism is about receiving his grace and mercy in our lives. It's about having not just a moment in church where we can celebrate, but to actually have a new birth, a new birth in the Holy Spirit. St. Paul in our epistle reading is pretty blunt when he says, Do you not know all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. We are baptized into his death for a reason. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in the newness of life. Our baptism is a gift that unites us to the life, death, and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's a tremendous gift, a gift that God truly does offer freely for all people. One of my favorite moments in the book of Acts is at the end of Acts chapter 8, when Philip is going alongside a road and comes across an Ethiopian man, a man who is reading from the prophet Isaiah and just trying to make sense of the scriptures. He's had no formal training. He's not been in Sunday school or at the temple every week. And he certainly didn't make any of the Advent or Lenten midweek services. And he asked Philip, how am I to understand this? And so Philip gets the opportunity to share with him not just about the prophet Isaiah, but the good news about Jesus. And at some point in their discussion, baptism comes up. We don't know when, but it came up because when they were going alongside the road, they came across a body of water. We don't know if it was a pond, a lake, a river, but the Ethiopian man says to Philip, so what prevents me from being baptized? What I love about it is that Philip doesn't hesitate. He stops the chariot right then and there, and they go down into that water, and he baptizes that Ethiopian man. I love that because that's how God's grace works. It's 
immediate. It comes to us freely. It doesn't ask for our pre-qualifications, but rather knowing all the faults, knowing all the failures, he brings it to us. It's true, like those in Israel at the end of Isaiah 42, we ought to be a little scared when God calls us out by name. In our sin, in our failures, in our shortcomings, we should have a great deal of fail or fears when we think of God calling us, knowing us by name. As Moses said in, in Psalm 90, our iniquities are set before him. Our transgressions are set before him. Even our secret sins are brought to his light. And yet today we remember that in our baptismal life, we are given an entirely different reality. We are given a new life that is freely given to us. That Jesus came for us by name. He came to walk that perfect walk that we could never hope to do. Fulfill all righteousness and fulfill the law that we could not keep. It is like the day we our names were given to us, we probably don't remember that day we were baptized. Maybe some of us may, might, but for most of us, it probably happened at a very young age. And I'll completely admit, I don't have any recollection of March 22nd, 1992. And I'll admit that next weekend at 1045, my daughter will probably have no recollection of January 16th, 2022. And so we keep things like keepsakes and pictures and mementos to remember. But it's not just in those things that we can remember. But as Pastor Thomas said in the children's message, each and every single day, we have the opportunity to remember our baptism. Remember that great gift of eternal life that God came to give to us. And especially on a day like today, we have the opportunity to look at that font to feel that water, to look at what God has brought to us in his life-giving word. It's funny, there are times either here at church or even out and about where I'll run into someone and they'll say to me, Tanner, and then pause. No, I, I mean Pastor Wade, sorry. And I always smile and I share with them probably one of the best lessons I ever got at the seminary. It was a lesson that did not occur in a classroom, let alone in a class. Early on in my days at the seminary, I ran into a professor, and for reasons truly God only knows, I thought it would be a good idea to call him by his first name. I quickly, in my embarrassment, realized what I had done, and I started to say, oh, I'm sorry, doctor, and he stopped me. He jumped in right away with a big smile and said, don't worry, for I consider it to be no greater honor than to be called by my baptismal name. How true those words are. How true those words are that there is no greater honor than to be known by God, be called by God, redeemed by God, by name, by that baptismal name. And especially in a moment of time in, in our history where we are talking so much about how effective or ineffective certain personal protections may be, we remember that in our baptism we are given a protection and a promise by God that is everlasting. A protection and a promise by God that doesn't make us ask, how long will this work? But is there for us each and every day that goes beyond our earthly life and goes into eternal life. That it doesn't matter how big the storms of life may be, the waves that crash into us, how fiery 
our conflicts, or even how big our failures may be. We are given this promise and protection and holy baptism. We are called, redeemed by God, by name. And it is in that that we as God's children can gladly say no matter what is going on in our lives, God's own child, I gladly say it, I am baptized into Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.